very glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. It's really, I was very excited to watch Superman, the animated series. We started watching the first three episodes because it's split up into three episodes. The last on the Krypton, the three-parter. And, I don't know, in sake of content, I decided to watch it with you because you're a really big Superman fan. Huge Superman fan. It's great to have a Superman fan here. I'm a big Batman fan, but respect needs to be put on this man's name. I mean, I love Batman, too. The two superheroes I grew up with, the two that I was introduced to first, it was uh, Superman, Batman, and uh, Spider-Man. Best ones. I was introduced to them through the animated series that actually came out at the time. Because all three of them had animated series at the same time. I actually just finished the Spider-Man animated series from the 90s. Because I'd never actually watched it, and I started really? watching it a few months ago. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they had Secret Wars in there. Like, mm-hmm. toy, I, was, I was just like, "Wow!" That was like the Secret Wars. Like, freaking takes MCU two decades to do it, but Spider-Man the animated series did it. Yeah, and then they had. Um, they also had uh, Spider Verse. Yeah, and all these all these people popped in, and then he continued to go to like search off search for Mary Jane. Huh. Incredible. I'm very thankful that these... I don't understand why or how we can't get this level of superhero cartoon anymore. Because these... I don't know. DC still seems to be pretty strong with car- with their cartoon content. With their animated content. No, I, I, I understand. But I don't feel like any of them are on the same level as like Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series. And Justice League. And, and Justice, Justice League, League and Unlimited. Just, yeah, those are back-to-back bangers. Because they all literally, they all coincided with each other and went into each other. It was like a, it, it became its own universe. And then they did the DCAU, which was still good, but it wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean, because I do, I do enjoy the DC animated things, because Marvel doesn't give us animated things that are worthwhile. They really don't give us animated things, like, in general. Yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot of animated Marvel in a long, long time. I think the first... Except for What If... What If was like the first thing since uh, they, they did a bunch of movies back in the early 2000s. Oh, like that Hulk one. Like the Planet Hulk one. Oh yeah, Planet Hulk was actually pretty good though. Planet Hulk was good. I guess we'll be getting X-Men 97. I need to watch the X-Men animated series. Well, you know Spider-Man's coming back too. The freaking, like the 90s one or they're making that, because there's that. They're continuing Hulk. the 90s one. That'd be from from what I from what I've read, I've read that they're going to continue both X Men ninety seven and Spider Man, and we're finally going to find out what happened to Mary Jane. Oof, like it really off topic. The whenever you find out that spoiler for something you should have seen like I don't know twenty years ago. Whenever oh, I just rewatched that, it. Whenever you find out that Mary Jane, like it wasn't Mary Jane, it was the the water clone, and he's like no. Because I've seen yeah, that in memes out of context when I watched that, and I was like, oh my gosh. It's. That version of Spider Man goes through a lot. He, he deals with a lot. He's probably the most rounded Spider Man, just in general. Oh, most definitely. Because he, he, he deals with a lot of what. Like, nobody realizes exactly what comic book Spider Man goes through. Like, he's been through a lot of crap. He goes through it all the time, every day, every day of his life. He goes through a lot. He's he's one of the most... Like, a lot of your superheroes, they go through a lot early on, and then, like, they don't really deal with a lot later on. 
they just they're superheroes and then you've got Spider-Man who's like he just goes through a lot of shit can't catch a break ever never once Peter starts catching a break Spider-Man gets it like three times as hard once Spider-Man starts catching a break Peter starts getting it four times as hard it just keeps going right and it's never any other versions of Spider-Man it's always Peter Parker yeah like Miles Miles has it pretty good and like the rest of them have it pretty good I haven't wow this is really turned into a Spider-Man rant it's yeah, all this, right. I have. We're comic book fans. It's this is what happens. I haven't read them, but I have the new Amazing Spider-Man. Like it started over at one at mm-hmm. zero, and I have that up until shoot. I I have a, quite a few issues of it. I haven't read them, but I will read them. But in the last run with Ben Riley, because Ben Riley was in a run like a few months ago, and wait, because didn't they kill Peter again? He lo- he loses his powers, and then Ben asks for his like blessing to be spider-man he's like yeah and then he works with this company ben already works with this company to be spider-man because like after the dan slot stuff i think after dr octopus was had been spider-man they find out that spider-man was like a patented name so peter technically wasn't allowed to be spider-man and so ben riley worked with this company i think it was spider-man beyond i think that's what the run is hmm. but at the end of it Peter gets his powers back and he works with Ben Riley and Ben has had his like mind wiped a bunch of times by this company to like like just keep him like a lap dog and he like gets really angry and he like finally lashes out and he's trying to figure things out so they winter soldier him they winter soldier him and Peter's like hey come on you gotta work with me I like I can help you figure everything else but he no longer they erased all of Peter Parker from his memory so like he doesn't remember who Peter Parker is anymore he like recognizes Spider-Man in like the costume but he doesn't know who Peter is anymore and so he like lashes out and something happens and he like I, he like fights some and some robots and he ends up like dr- drowning in a thing of acid and he like is reborn as Chasm and I don't I don't know who he is but he, he's back now and it's the web of shadows or something like that and that's the new Spider-Man arc right now and Ben Riley's the villain which makes me really sad because I like Ben Riley. yeah uh, it feels like every time we get like almost have Ben Riley doing his own thing, they do something horrendous with him. And I'm like, no, but I hope that I hope that it's good. The chasm design is really cool. I swear we'll talk about Superman. I'm gonna. I want to show you what chasm looks like. Ugh. Yeah, that's Ben Riley right now. Oh damn. He's all mucked up. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but Spider-Man Beyond looks pretty cool. It's like eight, twelve issues, something like that. Yeah, because I saw uh, Marvel finally has a uh, comic ver- has a DC Inter- Infinite version for them, where you can go on and you can subscribe and get comic books. Wait, what's it called? I have no idea what it's called, but I saw I, I saw something for it on the internet somewhere the other day. They they actually have an app for comic books now, kind of like DC Infinite was for DC, except for it started out as being a streaming service specifically for DC, but. Mm-hmm. It ended up becoming just comic books. I'm, I'm alright with that. I get to read comic books. Without having to buy them. Without having to buy them. And then if you do buy them, you don't have to open them. <laughs> because you have it. That's that's kind of smart. Because so many people collect and then they're like, well, I want to read it. So then they buy two. Which I guess is a good thing for the comic companies because, you know. They always need money. They always need a little more. But I, you're selling two issues. I've been... I, just for Batman Beyond... White Knight Beyond. I was looking for the variant issues, variant covers, because some of the variant covers look really, really cool. 
Also, I'm just I'm such a big fan of Terry McGinnis. So anything I, anything I can see with Terry McGinnis in it, I'm just like I want to see Terry. Fair point. And I don't have it, but it's in the it's at the comic book store. Uh, there's one. It has it, the cover's just blight, and I'm like, yes, blight is so cool. Batman Beyond is so cool. Yeah, and the fact that it goes so Batman, the Superman, the Justice League, Justice League uh, Unlimited, and then Batman Beyond, uh, you can. If you'd like, you can consider it like a sequel to it. Uh, if not, some people say that it's because of the time travel thing. That's why Batman Beyond kind of doesn't line up with the Justice League. Well, yeah, League because thing. Justice because uh, in Justice League Unlimited they do that whole time travel mm-hmm. thing with um the hell was that villain's name? Um, I don't remember what they called him. The guy who time jumps and he starts getting all this crazy stuff for his wife to save his marriage or whatever. Oh, it's always it's always the wife gotta save the. But when they do the whole time jump thing, because the guy invents the time belt, literally the only appearance of Hal Jordan in any of it, and he's only around for like five seconds. You see Hal Jordan for all of five seconds, and then it's right back to Jon Stewart. And it's not that I mind Jon Stewart. It's just they they, they had one episode with Kyle Rayner in Superman, and then they did Jon Stewart for most of Justice League until you see Kyle Rayner again once. For like five seconds, and then you see Hal Jordan for five seconds. I miss. I, I love Hal Rayner. Sorry, I'm, I'm researching of the call. Almost there. Two part Batman Beyond Superman Rise of Micron. Yes, there you go. Fifty. Oh no 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 no! That's the wrong guy. No, it was um. It was. Chronos. Dang, I could not fill it in. Wait, what? Do you, what episode was it? Um, it Once in Future, thing. Um, because first they go to the like the, they they travel all throughout time, and first they go to the past, and they go to the Wild West. They meet Jonah Hex. Yeah, Jonah Hex. And then they go to the future, and they meet Batman Beyond. Batman has an interaction with Batman with older Bruce Wayne. Yeah, because isn't isn't there a scene where they're like interrogating someone and Batman does it? And they, I think what Bruce says is like, I can't, I, I can't imagine I was ever so green. Yeah, the, this is how you interrogate someone. Yeah, he's like, this, this is the information you want. I was like, oh. And it's literally like he goes through the all the information, and then Bruce gives him a look. And he goes, and I wet the bed till I was nine. <laughs> he can't, he can't hold it back. You, you can't hold back from Bruce Wayne. You, you you might be able to hold back a little bit from Batman, but Bruce Wayne is a, to- is a totally different guy. Can you mash up your personalities into one scary old man? All right, all right, all right. I'm sorry. We tangented kind of far a little bit. Yeah, right. we, we we jumped very far. <laughs> that's, that's true. We watched Superman the Animated Series. The first three episodes are a three-parter. It's called The Last Son of Krypton. It starts off on... Krypton, which I believe, not unfortunately, but to do a Superman story right, I think you need to start on Krypton to, Almost ex- to explain to explain the roots so that you can whisk them away. I do find it really interesting that in so the episode starts, it's Jor-El, Superman's dad, he's a scientist dude. I really like their outfits. Like I liked yeah. how the designs for the characters and like how Krypton like it was clearly different. And it was very future, very futuristic. Charles, uh, a scientist, and he finds all these. He has evidence to prove that Krypton's gonna go boom, boom. 
but the council that he confides in is like, uh, Brainiac doesn't think so, so, um, uh, you're wrong. Right, because they put a bunch of blind faith into a computer. Sheesh. Which is, uh, kind of... Sounds really reminiscent to... To the way that things are today. <laughs> but A lot of blind faith in technology. Jor-El is such a stark difference from who Clark is and Superman is. And I'm like, who? And, like, if he had grown up with Jor-El, would he have been more like Jor-El? Or would he have still been, like, the super... I guess not. Su- Superman is a very uh, nature versus nurture kind of story. Because you got to think about the, the way that Jonathan and Martha are versus the way that Lara and Jor are. In every piece of media that you see Jor-El in... When, when you meet Jor-El through the lens of like the holograms and all of that, when you meet Jor in the Fortress of Solitude, it's a very stark contrast to the actual Jor that you meet when Superman actually meets him in any way. For example, in um, to go on a tiny tangent, in Smallville, the version of Jor-El from Smallville that he meets versus the one that's in the Fortress of Solitude are two totally different people. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the opposite of the way Jor-El is in the comics. Because Jor-El in the comics, the version that he meets in the Fortress is more of a... is kind of a father figure, but kind of not. And then the actual Jor, when he actually meets Jor-El, the physical version, he, he's kind of an ass. He is. He's, he's so mean. He's kind of like Batman. Honestly, Jor-El's a lot like Batman. Oh, most definitely. But then, like, you look at versions like the version from Smallville. You know... The version in the fortress is a very robotic, very... He's literally a training program. He's literally the Superman training program. Is literally most of what he is. And then you actually meet Jor, and I think it's... I forget which season it was that um, you meet Jor, and then you have Zod. They come out of the Phantom Zone, and Jor comes out to be like... He's just trying to be a loving father. He doesn't, he doesn't realize he's the father because it's a version of Jorah that came out of the Phantom Zone before Cal was born. Had he, in Smallville, had he been stuck there? Had he just been stuck in the Phantom Zone? In Smallville, tiny, tiny uh, little tangent. We're going over here for a minute. In, uh, in Smallville, it's, uh, it's an echo of Jorel. It's not the actual Jorel. It's like an echo of a time that he went into the Phantom Zone mm-hmm. before Cal was born. We try not to question things too much because comic books. Right. Take face value. Keep going. Right. And I mean, it, it served its purpose for the story. Because, I mean, that's just like, you know, in the comics. Love the Bendis run. Didn't really make a whole lot of sense for Jor to still be alive. But they explained it. <laughs> It was kind of like a double-edged sword for me because they explained everything that hit, like I everything I had a problem with. They gave me explanations, but I was like, I hate these explanations. I was like, why are you giving? I was like, you should just not that you shouldn't have given me an explanation. I just did not like the explanation that I was given. And well, because you didn't like the the end result. Hopefully, because I didn't realize that there's a Man of Steel thing that leads in to Superman's Bandit Run, or so. Something that correlates with Superman's Bendis run. So, Bendis wrote two correlating runs. I think I bought both of those. He had um, Superman, and then he had Man of Steel. Yes, I have both of those. I read Superman, 
And I think the Man of Steel stuff happens right before. No, it, it happens at the same time. Ah, uh, okay. And I think one one runs into the um, the Rogelzar stuff, and the other one runs directly into Event Leviathan. Okay. I've read bits and pieces of Le- Le- Event Leviathan. It was, a, it was like a, a Lois Lane heavy thing. I, I read um, I read the Superman parts and I read a couple a little bit of the Batman parts before I was like, listen, I'm too I'm too far into Batman to not I I got to go back and actually start at the beginning of Batman Rebirth because like so much is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Batman, oof, I yeah, Batman Rebirth. Sorry, uh, untangent. So Jor El goes home, goes to Laura, and basically explains to her that uh, the council is. Council doesn't believe him, and she, she, again, really Batman because she was like, "You don't have to be right. You don't have to be right all the time." But very Batman, he is right, even though everyone doesn't want to admit it, uh, even though everyone denies it. He's like, "I have to do this thing." Right, because you know, Batman's normally right. <laughs> it's it's tough. It 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 may not be uh it may not be the best, but he's he's normally right. Yeah, and Laura's dad was on the council. And somewhere in the episode, he was like, "You better not be right, because it'd be it'd be really bad if he's it, right." It would be really bad if it was right and it was too late, and they end up finding. And so, he brings up that he brings up that he made a spaceship and everything, but everyone blows him off. So he goes to research some more information, but Brainiac is prevalent in all the, I guess, technology. Yeah, because he tries to find out why Brainiac disagrees, and <laughs> yeah. He was, he was like, I'm trying to figure out why we disagree on that. And he's like, I'm afraid it's human error. And Jorosso says, I, I didn't think you were afraid of anything. I was like, ooh. The, just the clapback. He, he's snippy. Jorosso was snippy. Oh, yeah. The, the writing for the show is fantastic in terms of like the snippy comments between, um, between Jor and uh, Brainiac. And then later on between uh, Clark and everyone. <laughs> Clark is... I, I love the later on the Clark and Lois interactions. I loved all the Clark and Lois interactions. I was like, oh, this is this is a person. It it hurts me when people are like Superman's boring. He's not a blah blah blah, etc. Whatever the whatever the argument is, because they're it's they're wrong. He's he's a really fun character. He is a really fun character. Some writers don't do him a lot of justice because of the fact that there's the whole. If you need to get out of a situation, you can't think of a way. Just give Superman a new power, like the way that they did a lot in early Superman comics. Was oh, well, we have this situation and we don't know how to get. We wrote ourselves into a corner. We 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 wrote ourselves into a corner. So let's make Superman able to do this, or we wrote ourselves into the corner. Let's make Flash able to do this. Run faster. That's another one of the great things about this show is. They, they treat Superman and Clark with a lot of respect. And they treat his backstory with a lot of respect. Because the fact that they spend so much time on Krypton to really give Superman that backstory is really great. The entire first part is Krypton. The entire first part all takes place on Krypton. So, Jor-El, he tries to get into the mainframe. It doesn't work. Brainiac denies him access. And then he, he goes to another room to get access. And it's denied because Brainiac's in control. But Mr. Man pulls out like a little pea shooter and like blows open the door. And he gets in and Brainiac's like, Brainiac's downloading himself into a satellite. And he's like, bro, I, what, what are you doing? 
you're, you were right. The planet's going to blow up, and it'd be a shame if uh, me, the holder of all the Krypton's knowledge, blows up too. And then guards come in, and they're like, Jor-El? And Brainiac's like, it's him. He broke in. And then he has to like run for his life as Brainiac's escaping the planet. Right, because, you know, the, the entirety of the reason why Brainiac and Jor-El disagrees is because Brainiac's lazy. <laughs> because uh, he he says something like, if I'd agreed with you, then they would have put me to work on hours on end to find a solution where there isn't Oh, yeah, to evacuate them from the planet. Because there's not enough time to get everyone off. Yeah, and I was like, you and Jor-El, you and, and Jor-El's like, well, how much time is left? He goes, well, a couple of hours, give or take. You know what? Uh, you, you've definitely seen your last sunrise, which is kind of a cold little statement. Like, yeah, Krypton's seen its last sunrise. Bye. That's a, that's a really cool line. Krypton scenes last summer, and then he leaves, and I was like, "Dang!" And then all these people are chasing after Jor-El, because like, because he's convicted convicted of felony, and then the rest of the people on Krypton start to realize that Brainiac has left the planet, and then the like earthquakes start to happen again. Well, yeah, because right as soon as the last earthquake happens, Brainiac's like, "All right, I finished downloading. <laughs> he's, he's like, Bye, Bye, bitches!" <laughs> and, he, and he gets out of there, and then Jor-El gets home. He it's him, Laura, their son. Him, and Laura, Cal, and... The, Solvan, the father. Solvan, the father of Laura. And practically, Solvan, the father, distracts the the police people. In, in a very comedic scene. It, it's, 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 nice. it's, it's, it's got some nice comedy to it. He drives off and then uh, gets shot out of the sky. The, the police open up the vehicle and he's like, Oh, well, hello, officers. <laughs> is, is there some sort of problem? It was like, lovely evening. And which gives Jor-El and Laura the time to put Cal in their little spaceship. And Jor-El offers to let Laura go with him. And she's like, no, I'm going to stay with you. I was like, aww. It's, it, that's, that's... it's a very touching moment between them. Which is very reminiscent to the touching moment between Jor and Laura in Man of Steel. Because they have that very same moment where, no, I'm going to stay here. He was like, I'm gonna stay with you. I was like, Oh, okay. I'm not. I'm not gonna go to another planet. I'm gonna stay here with my husband, and that's the way it's gonna be. And then they send him to. They send him to Earth. The entire freaking planet explodes, and it, it creates the kryptonite because like it was green. I was like, Oh, and because like, it's radioactive. And the wormhole that opens up, like a bunch of the green kryptonite goes with it. I was yep. like, oh, 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 that makes sense. It does make sense. And so he carries it to Earth, and just all there are a lot of shots in the, in the Krypton episode. I was like, that's a really cool shot. Whenever Laura leaves him outside after going like, you don't always have to be right, and it's like just like him looking all defeated. And yeah, because Krypton is like a, it's a really beautiful planet. Cool setting, great setting. It they 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 really draw it very very well. All the settings and everything. It's it's a beautiful planet. B e a beautiful. Uh, Cal crashes on Earth and is it John and Martha? Jonathan and Martha, yeah. Yeah, Jonathan and Martha are driving in their little pickup truck and then this thing crashes in front of them and then they get out the car and Martha just cavaliers it and just goes and picks up a baby out of the spaceship. Right, she, she she's very bold and it's funny because like in, in every other version like Superman actually crash lands and in this one he just lands. <laughs> like the ship just lands safely. But and that's it. It just on the ground but yeah she just kind of 
she's very bold woman just walks right up opens up the spaceship oh there's a baby in here I'm like take that <laughs> yeah John said what is that thing and she's like it's a baby he's like no <laughs> like what is that thing it's not a thing it's a baby like they make this like uh like a slide jab at, in like Russia they're like hmm, is it like a Soviet baby <laughs> and I was like oh that's funny like the time but no they take the baby and, and then the episode ends and I was like oh something I realized and that's interesting because we watched a three-parter and then we watched an extra episode because I didn't want to stop and the Toy Man episode felt much longer to me than any of those three-parters like those three-parters felt like they came and went like just like that and I was like whoa and then like the next part came on and it, it, none of them felt 20 minutes right because the, the story just flowed super fluid the the story just was very fluid and they 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 knew what they were doing when they made the story go the way it did um and the the toy man one it felt longer i actually think that the individual episodes are longer than the three-parter Mm because the three-parter actually aired as a single part didn't air as three parts it aired all at the same time as a part as a first episode. Yeah, just now we have it broken into three. So, we go into the second episode. Now uh, now we're in Smallville, and he's a teenager now. And and this is one of the great things about this version versus a lot of other versions. You know, he's just now coming into his powers. As a teenager in high school, Superman is becoming Superman. Yeah, you brought up that you didn't like how in Man of Steel he starts developing his powers when he's a little kid. Right, because in in the comics, well, in, in the original Superman comics, um, Superman doesn't develop his powers until he's in high school. It's, it's part of the way that he doesn't really know that he's not human until he's a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. He goes through his entire life believing he's human, and being human, he's a peak human, you know, he's he's at the peak. He doesn't necessarily have to work out or anything like that in order to keep his physique. He just he's just there. Not necessarily more than human, but he is the quintessential human. Yeah. Which is why like he he can play sports in high school and cuz he he becomes a he's a football player when he's in high school um in the comics. He's a football player. He he does track. He does all these sporting things. He, he's a jock, but not necessarily your uh, stereotypical jock. Because mm-hmm. like he still does really well in school. He still does all these other things. His entire life, he's he's never cheated on anything. Because he didn't have his powers yet when he was playing sports. He grew up proper. He grew up as a human. That's what's great about the, the show is he still grows up human. He learns human values. And then he gets his abilities. He He becomes a human before he becomes more than human. He ends up being really confused because, you know, all of a sudden I can do all these things. Like, I can hear that conversation over there. And, you know, I can see, you know, she's hanging decorations for the dance in in a room that is behind a solid wall. Yeah, as he's confiding in Lana Lang. And he's confiding in Lana Lang. And, you know, she makes a comment, you know, how many times have you peeked into the women's locker room? <laughs> and he's like, I don't have time for this. I'm going through a crisis. Like I don't have time for your jokes, Lana. I'm I'm going through something here. You know what that into the Spider Verse puberty, uh, right? He goes home and you know shows his father that he can casually bend steel, and not only can he casually bend steel, but he can melt it too with his eyes just by looking at it. He's so confused, and then his dad's like, you know, I think it's time that we finally tell you where you came from. 
And uh, so they show him the ship, and he has a meltdown. He runs away after he like punches the crap out of a ban- out of a banister in the bar. Well, he gets he gets shown a little box thing. Yeah, his biological parents left him a little present to tell him where he came from, and it's it opens up for him and it senses that it is him. And he ends up in a little holographic version of his home on Krypton, talks to his parent. Well, he doesn't. They talk to him for a little bit. When he tries to interact with them, they can't hear him, and, you know, he can't make physical contact because they're just holograms. Tough. That's harsh. That's hard. Right, because he tries to reach out for his mom's hand, and he can't. <laughs> yeah. It just goes right through. He has that meltdown, runs off at super speed, jumps over a canyon, and then uh, he decides, oh, well, let me jump back over the canyon. And that's when he learns, oh, yeah, I can fly. And he has he has a lot of fun flying. He comes back home and he hugs his parents. And, oh, you know what I did skip? The bus scene. The bus scene. I did skip the bus scene. You know, he, he saves this family who's, oh, it's it's not a bus, it's an RV. He saves his family from an RV. They uh, the, the brakes aren't working, so they start going real fast. And they crash into a tanker. But then uh, they push into a gas station, and the gas station blows up. So he pulls this family out of out of the fire, and this is when he finds out that uh, he can't be burned, and you know he can bend steel like it's nothing because he just casually tears the door off the camper. And I was wondering if, probably not, but in Man of Steel, there's a very similar scene, not a similar scene, but kind of where the bus crashes into the lake. And then Clark pulls everybody out, and then pulls pulls the bus out and pulls everyone out of the lake. And I was like, ah, oh, I parallels, right? Because I mean, he he doesn't just he doesn't pull individual people. He literally he just pushes the bus right back out, and then disappears in the water. You know, his parents just play it off as if nothing happened. In terms of Man of Steel, his parents are just like, oh yeah, like that never happened. Like, they'll be your kids, you Clark. Your your kids. They're crazy. They're crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. Clark totally didn't push an entire bus out of the water. Told to lay off the grass. That's that's silly, silly grass. So then it cuts to uh, his first time in Metropolis. You know, uh, he saves a little girl, and the little girl thinks he's an angel. Yeah, she was like, I was playing by the... I was playing, I was fooling around by the window, and then all of a sudden I just (laughs) fell out. Fell out 30 stories. I was like, girl... Yeah, she was like, you should have heard my mom scream. It's like, well, what? Uh, yeah, but... Of course she screamed. You fell out the window. Incredible, incredible entrance of Lois Lane, because that, that's in the that's the byline on the paper, the angel. And she was like, I've been busting my butt doing, like, real stories, like, at the docks and stuff, and you print and, this garbage? And you print this puff piece about uh, an angel saving a girl. Lois Lane, well, from these few episodes I've seen of Lois Lane, incredible. She's, sometimes it feels like whenever people are trying to make a really, like, strong female character, not that they overdo it, it's just, it makes them all not a very likable character, and I could, I could say the exact same thing with, like, certain male characters, they'll be like, oh, I'm so masculine that it's very hard to connect, but Lois Lane is really fun. Lois Lane, like you, you see her drive, you see her motivation. She's a very motivated individual. She knows what she wants. She works hard to get what she wants. Like she puts in the work to to be where she is now. And I was like, "You go, Lois Lane." 
Right. And that's what's great about, like, I mean, every iteration of Lois Lane has been like that, where, you know, they always do Lois Lane really, really, really well. Except for, uh, I, I had a little bit of an issue with some parts of uh, the Lois Lane from Superman Returns. Because, like, she does play off as, like, this... Uh, too damsel A little too damsel Because, I mean, sure... Lois willingly gets herself into a lot of situations. Yeah, but she... Because she knows Superman is there. <laughs> but she also, a little bit later, she puts herself in a situation, but she tries to give herself an out in the situation. And I'm like, that's intelligent, because she doesn't know that there's Superman. And she's like, tried to... We'll get to it. But Lois is introduced, and she's like, shouting at, shouting at Perry... And he was like, well, I've hired someone new. Like, deflects it completely. Right, he <laughs> completely deflects and then is like, you know, I hired this new guy and I want him to follow you around. And first question, she says, is he hot? And then Clark is right behind her. And I was like, oh, he is. Perry is just like, well, uh, why don't you tell me? Because <laughs> he's right behind you. Yeah, <laughs> and she goes, oh. And then uh, Perry's like, you know, I want you to show him the ropes. She goes, well, I, got, I would love to play uh, Den Mother, as she says. But uh, I got the thing with uh, Lex doing a press conference or whatever. Perry just goes, good, take him with you. And then she totally deflects it because Jimmy shows up, which is a great introduction for Jimmy. You know, he's he's a little bit clumsy and he's, he's got fumbling this, all his stuff. Because he, he literally, he's a copy boy at the time. You know, he's fumbling and all that. And Clark takes the time to help him out because he drops a bunch of stuff and he like right. heads over and helps him. And uh, Clark takes the time to help him out. Lois uses that to get away. And there's like a little throwaway wit line. Jimmy's like, oh yeah, I'm totally a photographer. Like, Lois uses me all the time. As Lois is leaving, Clark looks up and sees her saying bye. He goes, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and then, to contrast that, they make it to the Lex, Lex thing. He's showing some, some like machine, some like exosuit, some, wow, my words are failing. That's not the point. Uh, they get there, and Clark's there before Lois, even though Lois, uh, Lois left first. Lois left first, and Clark beats her there. And then um, she goes up to him and says, Well, how'd you make it here before I did? Oh, I just flew. This <laughs> funny, because he, he probably did. He, he definitely flew. <laughs> uh, and then it starts this little thing. It's a weapons demonstration of this large suit of battle armor practically for the military and he shows it off it has big guns it can blow it can deflect big bullets he can deflect all sorts of other things it blows up some tanks they're like woo but out in the distance superman well clark clark hears it as it's approaching well don't they yeah clark hears it as they're approaching and he hears these sh these ships these planes bust in also, like flying scooter cars. Yeah, and they're flying scooter cars. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it's very futuristic. Very futuristic. But they bust into the building and they steal the they steal the suit and then they bail. And Lex, and Lex is super calm about this the entire time. He just acts like nothing's going on and just walks away. Yeah, he just like shrinks out of there. And, and um, Clark sees it. And that's when Clark first gets a hint that Lex isn't all that crazy. <laughs> and so Clark changes real quick we get the iconic open we get chest. The, the the iconic opening of the suit and you see the s and then lois is underneath the giant 
thing that's fallen. <laughs> giant piece of the ceiling that just is about to fall on her. Superman just casually catches it and throws it off and flies away without having any conversations with anyone. <laughs> you know, because um, very early on, you know, Superman's not very... Uh, talkative. He's not very talkative. He just saves people, goes away. So he goes and he flies after the exosuit. And very casually he comes up. He takes care of the first two guys very easily. He just kind of pushes one into the other and they both blow up. Yeah, and the guy's falling, says something like, I don't know who he is or what he is, but he's all yours now. The guy flying the front plane. With the exosuit. With the exosuit. He's like, oh yeah, I totally got him. And he sends a homing missile after uh, Superman. So Superman's flying away from the homing missile and uh, eventually managed to evade it. But what he doesn't realize is uh, when he evades it, the uh, homing missile just keeps on going and uh, hits a poor passenger plane. And then the episode ends. <laughs>